Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small, a podcast about brand development, entrepreneurship, and innovation in the modern world. I'm joined by Bobby Edwards, founder of the iconic Squatty Potty, the number one way to go number two. After Bobby's mother, Judy, consulted with her doctor, they found out by lifting her legs simply would reduce some strain. This inspired Bobby to design the Squatty Potty with an ergonomic design that fits seamlessly behind the toilet. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small. Today, I'm joined by Bobby Edwards of Squatty Potty. Bobby, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Cameron. Of course. Uh, I'd like to start out with your upbringing. Where did you grow up, and what would you say your childhood was like? Well, I grew up in Utah, and uh, my parents, my dad never worked for another person. He always, he never punched a time clock. He always worked for himself. Mm. And it was either feast or famine growing up. So it was either, you know, we were rich or poor. Yeah. <laughs> and, um but he was an entrepreneur, you know, he's like, he's like me. And, uh, he, you know, could have taken a job with the family business and he didn't want to do that. Um, and he just wanted to do his own thing. And so he, he did it. And, uh, you know, I had, a, I, I'm, I'm the fifth of seven children. We were a Mormon of course. And, uh, you know, how to, how to, how to really, they taught us to be independent above all things, you know, just mm, be independent for sure. Uh, growing up with that, would you say that you had an entrepreneurial mindset? Of course, later as you have your own venture, but I'm just curious, in those early years, were you inspired by your father and what he was doing as well to help out? I wasn't. No, I yeah. didn't like the poor, the poor parts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I didn't realize what my father had gone through, I think, until I, you know, of course, we all do as we become an adult, we realize what our the parents went through. Yeah. And uh, I didn't appreciate it until I was older. And uh, so, no, it wasn't, it wasn't that... I think everything just kind of happened. I kind of never really had a plan, you know? Mm. Um, it just, it's just the way the cookie crumbled, it seems. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, going into grade school uh, and then going into college, where did you end up studying? What did you study? And what was that time period like for you? Yeah, so, so again, going back to, you know, my, my upbringing, I was, it was, uh, I didn't love school growing up. I, mm. um, I barely graduated high school. I, uh, and it wasn't because I wasn't smart. It was because I didn't understand the social, uh, construct of, you know, of, of where, of where I grew up. And I was kind of bullied and teased a little bit and, uh, I didn't have any friends and I was, you know, just didn't, <laughs> I, I think I was well liked, but I, I don't think I just, I think I was maybe shy. I don't know what it was. I didn't like school. Mm. And as I graduated from, uh, high school, I was done. I was like, I'm, I'm done. And, yeah. uh, I just went to work, started working from, you know, just went, got a job and started working. And it, that's kind of how my family was. My parents did not encourage college. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. I, my own stepchildren I have, I encourage, I, you know, they're going to school, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it didn't, it's not sticking with me, but for them, it was just not the thing. It was not part of their, it was not a priority for them. It wasn't like, you know, you have to go to school. It was like, okay, graduate high school and then now you can go do your thing. Interesting. Just like, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I'm curious. And it's funny. I, I say I have seven brothers and sisters. I, I, I mean, I have six. There's seven of us, and not one of us punched a clock for another person. And all of them are very successful. They've all, wow. they've all got their own businesses, and they're all doing their thing, and they're all, they're all successful. Wow, that's incredible. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, in those early years, as, as soon as you finished high school, what, what did you end up doing, and what fascinated you? What, for work? Yeah, so it was kind of anything I could get. You know, I was a bike messenger. Yeah. <laughs> which was cool. Kept me in shape. 
Um, and then I, you know, I, I really honestly just kind of went where I could find a, a good job and, you know, networking through friends. I got a job at an Ultradent, which they did this opalescence tooth, tooth, tooth whitening stuff. Mm-hmm. And I worked them for them for a few years and that was a good job. And then I uh, got tired of Utah and I wanted to move to, move to California. So I, I moved to Los Angeles and I got a job at, uh, I, as a temp, I got a job as a temp mm-hmm. and that turned into a full-time job. And it, it, I, I was an assistant to the vice president of marketing. Wow. She hired me on as her assistant, and then she hired me on as a copywriter because she could tell I was kind of witty and uh, you know can construct sentences. And I just threw together some copy for these websites. Oh, it was before the website actually. I actually started doing the copywriting for the TV guide, hmm. Fox for the Fox television show. Uh, you know, this, I'd write like you know tonight on The Simpsons, uh, Marge has an existential crisis. Just kind of it was like we had a tweet wow. before tweeting. You know. You had to come up with something that would catch the catch the people, and they would print that in the TV guide. And I did that for the Fox television shows, and that was a good job. I liked that because it didn't take me that long. It worked about eight hours a week, and um, <laughs> yeah. And then, and from there, uh, the lady, uh, so my boss, she's like, "Well, we're starting a new department. It's called the online marketing department." And I, we, I was in basically we're just doing print marketing is what we were doing before. Yeah. Uh, and so I moved into the online marketing department, which is a brand brand new, you know. Uh, department and uh we created websites for the television shows which nobody had ever done and we created uh the american idol website which was a giant wow. thing that actually created money for fox and it uh it became that we became the darlings of the uh, network because we, we instead of costing them money we we we, we, rev- we became revenue for them wow <laughs> that's incredible uh, I, I feel like much of this resonates with your ability to, with Squatty Potty, some of the branding and marketing that went on with Squatty Potty is, it sounds like it's really resonating from your previous experience. It's really incredible. I'm curious then. Yeah, we're, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, it played a huge part into me uh, developing the website and developing the Squatty Potty brand. Yeah, I learned a lot of that, a lot of a lot from that job. For sure. Um, moving on to then, um, what's this time period like where you're, you're getting inspired? Um, I know something where your, your mother goes to see a doctor. What's the inspiration going into Squatty Potty? Were you still based in California at this time, working full-time? What did this period look like, transitioning? I was, I was you know, and, you know, that became kind of a, a, an interesting period where, you know, I became, uh, you know, I don't want to say, I, 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 uh, I became, I just wasn't really happy in California. I would mm. come home and I, I saw, take my brother, for, my younger brother, for an example. My brother, Sam, he, uh, he was... Four years younger than me, I'd come home from California. He had a house, he had a, he had kids, he had this all this stuff. I mean, I like just and a life that I de- thought would I would never ever be able to get into Southern California, which was probably true. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is he doing? You know, he had his own business, and I realized it was he was doing his own thing. He was making his own money, and uh, he had his own business, and it was doing a good, you know, successful. And I think it's you know, I would look at that and I'd be like, I want that. Mm. And so after, you know, I could, you know, without an education, without a degree at the, at the, at the network, I was only going to get so far. I was mm. never going to get above, you know, a certain pay grade. And, uh, I could see that and I could see they were working me more hours. My eight hour weeks were became six, you know, 60 hour weeks with the, with the American Idol mm. franchise. And, uh, <clears throat> it just, it just was no longer working for me. I was working too hard. I was using too many drugs and I had to get, a break. I needed a break. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, ended up moving back home and moving to mom, mom and dad's basement. <laughs> wow! And we hadn't been really close, you know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gay, and I came out at 17, and that, that was a big 
thing for you know 19 in the early 90s to come out in utah as gay yeah and uh i didn't have a lot of contact with my family and and um that was a, a, a time for me to just you know i came home and i didn't want to come home I, I, this last thing i wanted to do was just gonna be for three weeks just to get my feet back on the ground and you know and uh um for sure. just you know get myself restarted and uh it ended up being you know i'm still there yeah <laughs> i mean i'm my parents basement of course but i'm still in utah <laughs> yeah and uh it's just uh you know it was kind of a thing that happened and i so i moved back home with my mom uh to get you know get things back on the order and then uh during that period i started the business with my brother which we sold and then i started the business with mom and that's when i and that's when i developed my, my relationship with my parents that was a lot more we, we became very close to that period you know for sure we we uh, got our we were able to reconcile everything and, and really come to terms with, you know, find common ground where we could, you know, work together. And we, 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 we developed a love for each other that we didn't, that would be lost over that 10 years of essentially being estranged for 10 years and not knowing your, not knowing your family, but not being there. You yeah. know, I mean, I'd show up for Christmas, but I wasn't really there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, yeah, well, personal stuff, you know, it's, it's part of the story. Yeah, totally. For sure. Um, during the time period, um, when do you find out where you have this opportunity to create the squatty potty? I, I know your mother visited the doctor. Um, you guys discuss who came up with the, the initial idea and kind of the design as you started building prototypes. I keep losing you. Sorry about that. Oh, no worries. Um, so go ahead and ask that question again. Yeah. Was, uh, during this time, uh, where does the squatty potty kind of like idea evolve and the prototyping? I know your mother came back from the yep. doctors. Who came up with the first idea? Sure. So I was, um, you know, looking through, I, I'd been, I started taking courses and I, I was interested in home design. Honestly, mm -hmm. I wanted to become an architect or become a designer for, you know, uh, a developer or something like that. I was, I've always been interested in, in architecture and, 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 and and design and uh so i was taking some some cad classes at the dixie college the local college there in st george mm -hmm. and uh i was my mom came up my mom my mom and i my, well we talked so my mom had been to a doctor she said you know put your feet up on a stool and she started using a stool to help her eliminate the stool wasn't the stool was it worked the the the, the concept worked but the product was not perfect and she she kind of came to me and she goes you know you're taking those design classes can you design me a stool and so I took that up on as a project and I got on the computer and I designed the first squatty potty. We got some paint cans and phone books, literally. Wow. And we we got the right height and the width, and that gave me the dimensions for the stool. And then I worked around the, the toilet to make it so it could tuck under so it was more convenient. I did whatever mom told me, that's what I did. And I created it for her and we uh, made it, cut it out of like CNC, made it out of wood, painted it white and screwed it together. And I gave it to her and she, you know, was she loved it. She just instantly, she's like, this is perfect because now I can leave it under the toilet where it needs to be. I can tuck it away. Wow. And, uh, and it was more comfortable for her. It was the perfect height and she just loved it. So she, um, it was ergonomic for her and she's wow. like, used it for a good year. And then after about a year, she started giving away his Christmas, Christmas gifts. <laughs> so, you know, not, yeah, no, Pres like aunt Connie who had hemorrhoids or, you know, my sister-in-law was having a baby. Wow. And so she gave it to them and she just, started giving them away and I thought, you know, she's crazy, but she, you know, it's, it's her, it's her poop stool and she's liking it. Yeah. And, uh, she, uh, actually ended up giving them away for Christmas one year to everyone in the family. <laughs> and then that kind of snowballed into people asking for it and people requesting it. And so I was one time I was making like 17 stools at one time. And I go, mom, we just need to, let's, let's 
throw up a website and see what happens. Essentially, we didn't, you know, let's just see what people are looking for this. Obviously, people are looking for this. And I was searching the web and people are the concept was there. Yeah. But there was no product to allow you to achieve this goal. Yeah. And so we created that. Wow, that's incredible. Um, so in those early years, was that all pretty much all the digital side? Was that building yourself? How long did that take to launch the Squatty Potty online? And what did that look like? Yeah, I mean, you know, we built the first website. It was basically like a WordPress site. Yeah. Uh, didn't have really shopping. You know, the, the shop, the, the orders would come in, but they weren't, and nothing was connected. And we had to just hand process everything. Hand build the stool. Well, we had the, the, we had the stools cut and then painted. Wow. They were it, it, by, by a local a guy in their neighborhood, mm-hmm. essentially, got a CNC machine. And, we, and then we would put them together or we'd send them unassembled to the and they would have them assembly instructions and they the, the customer would put them together right yeah even with all that the first year we were in business we sold almost a hundred thousand dollars of squatty potties wow <laughs> <laughs> and the second year we sold like almost three hundred thousand and then the third year it was like a 1.2 million dollar year it went wow. it like it just crazy like you know just wow we realized at a certain point like i was like uh, we need to start doing these out of plastic. So we've got some plastic injection molding and that, you know, just kind of, it just, it all happened organically. Honestly, it just wild. We, we were ready, you know, we had the product and we were kind of ready with it, but um, it just, it just, like I said, I know I, I didn't seem like we could do anything wrong in that company. It was really wow. crazy how it all came together. <laughs> That's incredible. I'm curious as you scale, like how did you manage production? Like would you guys ever get left behind and this was still out of the home for three years? How did that look? I know, you know. So the first two years we were out of the house. Then we moved to a, a larger warehouse, uh-huh. and at that point we started to make them. Uh, we started to get them uh, plastic. We had the plastic ones made in China. Mm-hmm. We had we they, they were they, the the uh, tools were made in China. Oh no, they were made in China, and we'd order them, and they would come. The, the stools would come, and I ordered like two thousand at one time the first time, uh-huh. and I looked at these, and this like half of a container came. Not this, which. It's big for the first load. I seemed huge, and I, I yeah. loaded them from my here into the garage. And I thought these are just going to collect dust. Hmm. I'm I I'm like, how are we going to sell these? <laughs> yeah. Uh, then uh, you know, six six months later, Doctor Oz calls and wants us on the show, and then that changes everything. You know? mm. it's, it actually started out with me reaching out to uh, bloggers. This was before influencers were even a thing it was yeah. the internet blogs right you had bloggers you had health writers yeah and i would i kind of found all their information and i wrote them a letter saying this is what this is the squatty potty this is the idea behind the concept it helped my mom it may help you yeah if you like it write about it if you don't write about it i don't <laughs> care <laughs> yeah wow and and I several hundred of these like like it was like we spent almost twenty thousand dollars on this project to get it out to influencers right mm. That real, that's where it paid off. That paid off tremendously. I mean, almost immediately we started getting vegan bloggers, lifestyle bloggers, and yoga bloggers writing about us. And it just, it, it was incredible. The response was just so incredible. I just couldn't believe that people were writing about our wow. stool. That's amazing. Would you say that those were some of your early marketing campaigns? Was that, I mean, most of this was organic. Would, would you say that that was the first big paid marketing campaign you did was through influencers, bloggers? Oh yeah, 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 and that and it, we didn't pay them. We just paid for the product. Yeah. That was just for the product and shipping. Wow, wow. <laughs> but for a lot of money, for sure. We, I, I, I still. Well, we did. We ended up doing paid posts, of course, in later years. But yeah. we never did paid in the beginning ever. Like I didn't. I did everything. For, I was. Wow. I like. It was never really even asked for. People didn't ask to be paid back then. Yeah, totally. 
Yeah, that that's really fascinating. I, I know like today specifically, I work in digital marketing and that's like shift. Uh, the creator economy is such, it's, it's an own world and they expect huge payouts where sometimes the company not, might not receive an ROI where product gifting back in the day, which if you're able to leverage that, that's incredible. Yeah. But I knew, you know, when we, when we would talk about the concept of Squatty Potty, before it was even an idea, before we even named the name Squatty Potty, the name, we came up with the name was kind of funny too, but um, <laughs> it was always going to be like the health step. We were going to be this health alternative, like this alternative health product Yeah, is what our first vision was. But I would talk about it at dinner parties <laughs> or I talk about it to friends, you know, where you're supposed to be squatting to poop or whatever. Like, and it was just people would be like scratching their heads and then most of them would giggle and chuckle. They would think it was funny. And then they like then then you'd hear back from them, you know, a, a few days later. Now about that stool, tell me if you know like they were curious about it. Yeah, but I could see it was something that was novel and funny, and that people wanted to talk about it. Mm. For some weird reason, people wanted to talk about this poop stool. It was even before it was a concept. It, it was a thing, you know. Yeah. So I thought people are going to love this thing. They're wow. going to want to talk. They're going to like. They're going to. It's going to be one of those conversation starters because. Yeah, because it became a conversation starter around everyone we gave it to, right? Yeah. When this news around the toilet, people were talking about it, and we'd get this feedback. And I could see that it was something that was good, that had some virility to it. For sure. Some, I felt like it had some virility to it, you know, and some humor to it. Yeah. So I was like, let's go with, instead of going with, like, the, the, the health step, you know, the squatty potty became, like, the squatty potty. <laughs> wow. That's that's amazing. I want to go into your Shark Tank appearance. I. I'm really yeah. fascinated. Um, I've had some few Shark Tank alumni on the podcast, actually, and, and they shared after airing, they could see a massive spike in sales that day, tapes off through the week, etc. Was this also a huge turning point for the Squatty Potty and the future? And what, did that, what was that experience like for you? It was, yeah. Um, so we had, I, 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 I tried out audition for the Squatty Potty, or for the, sorry, for Shark Tank. Yeah. I actually submitted on the, on the website, it said, submit your idea here. And I'm sure I thought I did it. I pushed send, and I'm never going to hear from these people again. And like two weeks later, I had a, a, a producer call me and say, I know, "I'm familiar with your product because my blogger that I follow talks about this product." Wow. <laughs> so again, those early seeds of like just small things paid off because this person who had the power to pick who came on the show yeah. was familiar with my product because her. She followed a blogger that I written about two years ago. Wow! And she and she goes, you know, I want to. I'm interested in this. I want to have you guys on. I want to have you guys on. So it really, she just held my hand and put us in. Like, <laughs> actually, the first it, you know, I lie because the first time she tried to put us through, the producer said no way. Like the upper, the guys up, they said we're not. This is a pam. This is a, you know we're ABC. We're like Family Network. We're not going to do. Uh, we're not going to do this content. We're, we don't even know how we can talk about this content on the show. Yeah. And so, so I he almost gotten an air date and everything, and then they got canceled. And then the next year, so I thought we were that Shark Tank dreams were done. Mm. The next year, she gives us a call. She goes, you know what? There's a new producer. I want to talk to him about your product because I really want to get you guys on the show. And we just walked on. Like she she held our hand all the way through. Got you know, it was amazing. Wow, <laughs> wow. Uh, what was that experience like? That pitching process once once you made it to Shark Tank and you were on there with from your POV. Yeah. So I went on with my mother, and you know. We, <laughs> it's so, it's so nerve-wracking. It, it really is. It's none of it is scripted. The, the, the only thing scripted is the first 60 second speech where you essentially give your pitch, right? Yeah. Sharks, 
blah, 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 blah. This is going to help my family and it will help you. And you hand out this thing and then they, then they come back with their vitriol, you know, <laughs> yeah. they like you. and uh, luckily they liked us. So um, not immediately, you know, not all of them did. I, you know, I got some negative, we did get some negative feedback, personal stuff from Barbara, mm. which was interesting, but, um, but they liked it. Lori had heard about it from Dr. Oz. Wow. You're on Dr. Now, so she'd heard about it. She goes, didn't you see you on Dr. Oz? And she's, she, so she was all in, Kevin was all in. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because people are like, Oh, why would you go on? You know, why would you go? Cause we were already solely like $7 million in business. We were, we were, we, were, we had legs, like we were, yeah. we had a tight spell, but I knew, you know, the opportunity to get on that platform and just, I would have given away 5% for 50 cents. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I, I knew, I knew that like, this is what we have to do. Like I knew the power of publicity. I knew the power of, you know, the eyes on your product for sure. And that's why like, we just got to do it, mom. I don't care. Like, let's just do it. And I, you know, it's funny because I, I want to say this, I was, she offered us some product numbers, like 700,000 for, I, 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 my goal was to get $700,000 for 10%. And yeah. she offered us, we ended up settling on $350,000 for 10%, which actually ended up being 5%. <laughs> so we ended the number anyway. Yeah, but um, uh, but we shook on the show, and I was I I feigned that I was disappointed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> getting this, like, getting the three hundred fifty thousand dollars, but in my mind, I was like, oh yes, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good. <laughs> I'm curious. Um, taking that deal with Lori, what would you say uh, was the big takeaway with work, working with Lori? Was she hands on during the project after that, and especially towards your commercials, which I know really amplified later. Um, was that a part of Shark Tank as well? No. So, so the, um, the Lori was actually against doing the commercial. She didn't, she said no way unequivocally. No, like, no, we're not doing it. We're not going to waste our money on that commercial. Yeah. This was the exact words. And I hate to, you know, I, I don't, I just, I'm just telling the truth for sure. Um, she, Lori, Lori has her strengths and Lori was in, incredibly valuable at doing things with Bed Bath and Beyond and other things. But, you know, when we when she said no, my my heart was just I was broken, and my, my dad was too. We were so upset about it because mm. we had gotten a pitch from the Harmon Brothers who, who did this commercial for us, mm. and we loved it. And uh, but it was not the one that we ended up doing. But we still, I just wanted to do that. I wanted to do that commercial. You know, they had you'd watch the Poopery commercial, and he's because the Poopery commercial came out like right when we were right before we would have come out before poopery but theirs came out like right right at this time we were doing ours and i'm like oh look they just now we can't even do a poop product <laughs> um and so what like after like three months after that my, my dad came in and he goes we bobby we should just do that just just do it yeah <laughs> you know even and we didn't even tell lori i didn't tell lori until the day before it aired that we had done it wow and uh, I said, Lori, you're going to find out tomorrow that we're going to be releasing something. Here, here it is. <laughs> well, you know, in the end, you know, you're, you're the, you're the, it's your company. It's your decision. And I, you know, hope it works. And yeah. uh, it did. It did. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious uh, from the creative side, what, what was like the direction when creating the commercial? I, I know comedy is heavily used. That's what makes the organic talk evolve. Uh, what was the vision when creating the commercial? Um, so it was, it was, it, it, it evolved. It, we, so we, we, it started out as us doing like with ice cream and an ice cream truck. It was like this ice cream truck and it was kind of like Frank Hill from, uh, house of cars where he would like 
face the camera and be like, hello, you know, stern to the camera. And then you back to stirring ice cream to these kids and be like, oh, <laughs> you know, the ice cream thing got, the ice cream wouldn't come. And you had, there was a kink in the ice cream hose. It was some weird, it was, it, it was funny. And I thought it was, I can't, re I don't remember much about it. I remember it being like House of Cards with this kind of Frank character that would face the fourth wall and talk to the, you know, and it was drier and probably a little more smart. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, we get up there and we're like, it got like, what color is the ice cream? And they're like, we can't have brown. Yeah. <laughs> it be white. And then I was like, let's rainbow, rainbow. And then it became like, well, it should be unicorn poop. And then it'd be like, you know, then it turned into the, the unicorn became the main character. And it was like, it literally in 24 hours, it turned from that to this pooping rainbow with ice cream. And the writer <laughs> home and he wrote it that night and he came the next morning and wrote this and he read the script and verbatim, there was like one or two words that were maybe changed. But he, that script that he read that morning was the script we used. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and me and my dad were on the floor. We were dying. We were just, both of us, we were, everyone was laughing. It was incredibly funny. I mean, it was really, really funny. And it really, really worked. That's the thing about that commercial is it yeah. worked. Sold Squatty Potties like crazy. <laughs> wow. That, that's incredible. I'm curious, uh, as Squatty Potty evolved, um, what would you say was the percentage between like retail and selling e-commerce? Would you say much of the business shifted to retail or was it pretty balanced? How did that look? Yeah, so it was always going to be, you know, we were always going to be in retail. I mean, I went to every headquarter for every retailer, Kmart, Kohl's, yeah. Lowe's, you know, and that's was that was our push. And um, we realized that, you know, Amazon was selling like half, like over half. Amazon quickly became over half of our business. Mm. Yeah. And. And then it became like 80% of our business. <laughs> yeah. And why are we wasting our time with freaking Kmart that's dying? <laughs> and, you, and you get no margins, you get nothing for the store. You know, they want 60%. And, you know, unless you're going through like Costco, which Costco is amazing, but Costco is not sustainable, but it's, it's really, 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 it can change yeah. lives, change our lives too. Wow. Um, because, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'll stick with the story of a direct to consumer and we worked tightly with Facebook to create these these ads that were initially this is the first of their kind really click here and, and in social media yeah and um, they worked with us and they gave us a big you know we got a big Facebook business of the year award for, for developing this click here and by now we worked I worked with the team wow to find it and we were one of the first kind of beta things for the Facebook ads that you saw so became wow. so popular right? yeah um, Squatty Potties were the first ones, and, and um, one of the first brands they they picked to uh, to develop that. Wow! And I could see that that was that direct to consumer was where was that we got better margins. It was like, you know, um, wow! And then it became us competing against Amazon. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Squattypotty.com versus Amazon.com. We can sell more, <laughs> make more on Squattypotty.com. Yeah, but Amazon is easy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm curious. Um, through some of that marketing, what would you say was the main demographic? If you're able to depict that, I, I know it's a universal product, but we're, we're, did yeah. that shift? That's the thing that always blew us away. I always thought it was going to be older women, you know, 45 plus women, you know, or mom, you know, and it became like 20 year olds, 30 years, you know, millennials at that time who were millennials. Yeah. Who became our number one demographic, because, I think because of the marketing. Yeah. Um, but then, but you know, the thing about the, the thing about going after the youth is that they're the influencers for the adults, right? Yeah. I, somebody told me one day, you know, twelve-year-olds and gay men are the are, decide everything what's, what's going to be popular. That's yeah. it. <laughs> you know, 
If you want to know what's going to be popular next, go, to, go look at what your 12-year-old girls are looking at, and that's going to be put the, the next trend, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I think that that demographically obviously bought it for their parents, and then, you know, I, it ended up being – it. I'd say the mainstay now is, is, is shift, shifted older now. Mm. Um, now it's more of a household thing. Definitely shifted older. But in, the, in those years, early years, it was it completely was not what we were going, what I thought would be the demographic. For sure. Well, I like to conclude each episode with this. Uh, if you could share one piece of advice with an aspiring entrepreneur, maybe something you've learned or regret, uh, what would you say that yeah. would be? You know, I'm going to have to say, you know, for so many long, for so long, we had an idea. We had this, this, we pretty much nailed the concept of this poop stool or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I, and I thought, you know, I need to find somebody out there to have, who has the silver bullet that can make, do it, make everything happen for me. Right. Yeah. And we wasted so much time and money trying to hire that person and find that person because the only person that cared about it was me and my mom. That's it. Hmm. I mean, it, we, we cared about it enough to make it happen. So we had to make it happen. Everything happened from getting the merchant account to learning how to do Amazon. Doing you have sometimes that's what you have to do. You are the one, the person that the only one that can make it happen. And yeah. you don't need to look out there. They don't have the answers. Yeah, all come from within you, and that's. And and it's it's true for our product, and I think for a lot of people, they people think they're going to find that person, that savior, that's going to help them make this happen, or yeah. hire that one person that's going to you know make teach them, you know, it just it didn't happen that way. I think the way that it happened for us is that we just it was always with, it was in within us, and we made it happen. For sure, <laughs> amazing. Well, Bobby, thank you so much for joining me today, and to the listeners out there, make sure to check out Squatty Potty at squattypotty.com. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Starting Small. If you would, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, follow Starting Small Pod on social platforms to keep up to date on future guests.